Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. And we're doing the reporting to ASIC, and sadly, in some organisations, there still is a view that that business line can report to ASIC without going through compliance. That's a really bad outcome, and if only the very first thing you do as a consequence of the new RD one six five is say no more complaints, no more sorry access from random business units to ASIC. They have to come through us because it isn't just enough about sending off the report. It's actually doing something in relation to the discrete um, complaints themselves. Welcome to the Jersey Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slasher. I'm the editor of the Jersey Professional Magazine and Jersey Professional Online. And once again, we have Naomi Burley, our managing director, and Carol Ferguson, our regulatory expert. Um, this will be the first podcast for the new year but at the time of the recording something needs to come out that would be relevant to this podcast and Amy's going to talk a bit about that. <laughs> I am. Um, yes so this the podcast today we're going to be talking a little bit about complaints handling slash your internal disputes resolution piece um, because there's been some developing and maturing and some uh, thinking come out of the AFCA process uh, as well as a response from ASIC around expectations. Um, so as Kwame alluded to, we're recording this in December. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> By the time it goes to air, we'll be saying Happy New Year. Yeah. And hopefully in the meantime, RG165 will have been released by ASIC. It's due for release in December. So hopefully you have that in your hot little hands as you listen to this podcast. And I'll hand over Carol. What has been happening in the internal dispute resolution business? Okay. Um, what happened was that AFCA came into existence, which was a necessary outcome, one, some would say, of the Haynes Royal Commission. It, it commenced on the 1st of the 11th, 2018. So it's been going now for a little over a year. ASIC, as a component of that, issued a consultation paper 311 in March 2019, with comments to close in August 2019 with a process to update RG165, which is the Complaints Handling um, Regulatory Guide for, for ASIC. The reforms are wide... Um, Ranging, thank perhaps. You. <laughs> Can I just say it yes. again? Right. The reforms are wide-ranging, but they start with an initial thing of defining actually what a complaint is. So a complaint is an expression of dissatisfaction made about an organisation related to its products, services or staff. And, and it also is about handling the complaint and the response and resolution of that complaint. So whether the, the response is required implicitly or explicitly and, and the, the legal framework that, that surrounds us and includes, interestingly, um, complaints that have been put by identifiable customers on a financial services social media site. And that's a very big out, big step up from where it is currently. Mm, especially since um, the terms are so broad and a lot of people approach social media as a general whinge fest and the complaint is implied sometimes. That's right. And the, this is now going to impose on most financial services firms a fairly big revision of the whole processes of what they're going to do. 
we recommend even um, that you start now, of course, but this is in December, but in January, we, we hope that you have already commenced a process of updating your processes to ensure that you actually have a way of identifying all complaints that are across the organisation and the methodologies for recording them. Mm. The It's likely that RG165 now contains, and it may not have caught in there, and I apologise if it hasn't, that an organisation has to prepare a report for each complaint which has an identifier number and the substance of the report and and that the reports need to be um, provided to ASIC on a regular basis. People may say, oh, that's unreasonable, but currently you're doing that for Austrac. So using the same systems that you are for your Austrac reports of... of um, various matters you should use that same system but provide that to ASIC or that's a recommendation so it's it's likely also to be a reduction in the time that you have to to deal with those complaints so for superannuation going from 90 days to 45 days and for all other financial services products from 45 to 30 days yeah because that was one of the the things that AFCA mentioned when they presented at the conference wasn't that yes. everyone is still dragging the chain a little bit um, around resolving things. Yes, it's, look, it comes down to the issue again over and over with 912D and that people don't understand what a breach is. And similarly with complaints that they, they think that they have an interminable length of time to do things. Complaints need to be dealt with with a sense of urgency and diligence. It isn't about generating endless pieces of paper, but it's about getting on to something mm. as swiftly as you can. I think there's some key learnings in this as well uh, for those of us working in compliance is that traditionally complaints have not often been handled by anyone even remotely related to compliance. Obviously it's in customer relations or it's sitting somewhere nice and friendly like that. Mm. And quite often that information doesn't flow up to compliance. But the regulator and the, and Hain identified that there there is a lot of intel in these complaints about systemic issues. That's right. And if that's not flowing to you, and if that's not being dealt with in an appropriate way as an issue, as opposed to individual incidents that happen to random customers, uh, then the organisation is not equipped to deal with something that could be fundamentally. Uh, a problem with the product, a problem with your salespeople, a problem with any other kind of any other part of your business model. Yeah. So if they're asking for that intel and that's not getting to you in compliance, you are going to get a really big surprise when they come knocking on your door and say, right, you've now had 5,000 complaints about this particular thing. It's going to be a surprise to the compliance area if they're not getting any And And it depends on, you know, who's going to be doing the reporting to ASIC. And sadly, in some organisations, there still is a view that that business line can report to ASIC without going through compliance. That's a really bad outcome. And if only the very first thing you do as a consequence of the new RG165 is say no more complaints, no more, sorry, access from random business units to ASIC, they have to come through us. Mm. Because it isn't just enough about sending off the report. It's actually doing something in relation to the discrete um, complaints themselves. Mm. So if you have 50 complaints about an individual advisor, don't treat them all as randoms, mm. but actually knit that together into something which is a more reasonable outcome so mm. that you're actually able to say, well, gee, we've had 50 complaints about Mr. Smith. What are those complaints about? Mm. And let's see. Or we've got 50 complaints about the fact that we've, we're delivering um, documentation which isn't correct. Mm. 
you know, there are a number of areas where people need to actually step back, look at it from a holistic perspective and come up with in, um, more subjective analysis rather than objective. So that you're actually looking at individual circumstances and, and tying them into your licence obligations. So, so calls to action, uh, even though we don't have the detail of the regulatory guide in front of us, there's some obvious ones. There's some retraining that's going to need to go about because we've now got a definition of what a complaint yes. is. And it's probably a little bit different than some organisations were interpreting it as. Yes. And so it, training is the key. You need to also do clear standards of, of how you do complaints handling. Um, update your those standards to make certain that they are the standards that are you know relevant for 2020 and post Hain. I mean, I think if if people haven't already updated their their complaints handling process as a consequence of the Royal Commission, it's something that you need to focus on. And then additionally, because we are in 2020, have a look at what your systems are doing and how they can assess you, uh, assist you. Can you use artificial intelligence? to go through your complaints to actually get key words. So if a client rings up and says, oh, I'm a bit angry about that, rather than treating that person as being, you know, just a random client, the word anger then triggers the AI to knit that person into other complaints. So it's very important that you actually look at systems that can help call centres by, by word analysis to actually come, or voice um, analysis, to come up with with more objective analysis of the actual complaints process itself. Or even uh, making sure that that data is getting into something. I think that that's a key weakness in a lot of organisations. Mm. A verbal conversation may take place um, between the two people on the phone. They may feel that it's resolved in that particular instance and no record at all makes it that's in, right. anywhere. I think there's another thing to recognise here is that uh, compliance, again, isn't owning this. You might not be responsible for the resolution mm. per se. So it's as a second line here, you might not want the uh, data from every single complaint coming up, but at some point there needs to be an interface where you're getting either cumulative or semi-analysed data coming yeah. through so you can identify trends, systemic issues, uh, as you said, if it's one particular salesperson and their technique. Is it, is it something else that's e fairly easily eradicated and can be identified when you're looking at a batch of data as opposed to every single separate incident yeah. as an you, incident? You need to have systems which allow you to match a particular complaint against a, um, a business um, centre, as an example. So if the complaint's about super, or it comes under the super one, if it's about managed investment, etc. But then, a then it needs to be more granular and go down to individual products. And then in individual products, then it goes down to sales process, documentation, or other. Mm. So that you're actually able to say, is it our PDS that's the problem? Is it our sales process the problem? Is it our application form that's the problem? So you're actually able to then get the data from that and from a compliance perspective, analyze that to ensure that A, it's been captured correctly, but B, that you're able to action, access, oh sorry, you're able to analyze. action. Yeah, and action. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. 
and B, that you're able to action the individual sort of compliance issues that are coming out mm -hmm. of it. But it, it's also about a relationship between compliance and the individual business units as well. It's very, very important that compliance is an active participant in this process, as Naomi has said, but also that the reporting lines up to management are very clear. Post Hain directors and senior management absolutely need to know what is going on. There's been too many cases, as we know recently, of directors that are suddenly being presented with very, very serious incidents that they have not been informed about them. So it's really important that the information flows from compliance up, upwards are clear so that the directors actually are aware of what's happening on the ground. Mm. And, and uh, you know, in there is that appropriate escalation pathway. Someone at the front line who's handling um, every single complaint or even within the business unit may not be trained to recognise an issue versus a series of incidents that yes. are unrelated. That's what you do in the compliance and risk function. That's your part and then you can send up a different a different recommendation, but you all have a role to play and you all need to make sure that that's coming through. And if there's any reporting to ASIC, I would have thought that that was a flag for you to be involved at some point. Absolutely. And it's it's key that compliance are actually rec uh, recognised as being part of the process rather than outside the process, as we've said, because without that, you know, you're not going to get it. But the, the bottom line is RG165, hopefully it's in your hot little hands. Please read it and we'll get back to you again. Yes, we're going to be running a, um, a Fast 25 recorded webinar on this one, sort of uh, painting out what's ended up in RG165 and um, having a little bit of a play around about what that means for each area of the business. So uh, you'll be able to don download that in the new year. All right, excellent. Thank you very much, Carolyn Naomi. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary.